We've been looking, we've been looking at the commands of Christ, and we've spent the last two weeks on the great commandments. To love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors ourselves. And so today we want to continue talking about loving our neighbor. How do we love our non-Christian friends? Yesterday we talked about the importance of and how to love our Christian friends. Today we want to talk about how to love our non-Christian friends. By the way, I hope you're enjoying my new t-shirt that I got here by Tarn Wells. Do what you're famous for. Shut the mouths of lions. I really like him. If you want to see someone who does some good Christian music, I enjoy Tarn Wells. So here we go. Seven ways to love your non-Christian friends. Are you ready? Number, uh, way number one, you can serve them. Serving is a way that opens the door. It opens hearts to people. It shows people that you value them and you care for them. People are busy. People have got a lot on their plates. They appreciate, we've always appreciated someone who lends a helping hand. You could be known and you ought to be known in your neighborhood, your dormitory, wherever you live, around, the, around your workplace, wherever you are, you ought to be known as the person who serves, who can lend a helping hand, who cares. In my neighborhood, I do everything from taking someone's trash to taking their mail. I've, been, I've gone over and mowed people's lawns when I knew that they were in difficult times or, or just weren't able to get out there or something of this nature and um, serve people. It opens the door. It makes a way. Number two, give people gifts. Christmas time birthdays, if you travel away on a, go to a vacation to some nice place and pick up a little memento to bring back and share with somebody to give them, just shows you care about them. In Proverbs, it tells us that a man's gift makes room for him. And it does. Giving a person a gift, oh, again, it opens up their heart to us. It shows us that we care. Jesus said in Luke 16, make friends for yourself by means of the mammon of unrighteousness. I know as believers, most of us try and be very careful with our money. We want to be frugal. We don't want to be wasteful. But you know, one of the best uses of your money, make friends for yourself. Do things with your money. Invest money in people you want to win to Christ and give them gifts. Do nice things for them. It'll open up their heart to you. Number three, pray with unbelievers. I've said before, I think this is our secret weapon. I think that we don't do it nearly enough. When we actually pray with a person, not just say, I'll pray for you, and then we go off in our closet and maybe remember to, maybe don't pray, remember, but really pray with them right there on the spot. I do this often, just tonight, just tonight here in our neighborhood, was Roz and I were out and about. We ran into a neighbor and got to talking and She's from a foreign country, and, and her parents are, have, have a respiratory illness, and they're in a, 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 a small town that doesn't have a hospital, doesn't have access to modern medical care, and they're having to drive to a, a faraway city to get a COVID test, and she's anxious. Obviously, she's worried. She's hoping that, that uh, what, what happens if they've got COVID? What happens if this is something far worse? What happens if... Um, you know, they, they, they don't make it. And so she poured out her heart and shared with us. And we listened empathetically and cared for her. 
And then I, I just said, I pray for you. And I pray for your parents. And she said, of course. And, um, and, and, and was so touched by our prayer and our concern. People, people want to know that somebody cares. And people really want to know that God cares. And sometimes when we, we go, we say, I'll pray for you. And we go pray alone by ourselves where they can't hear it. They don't know anything about it. It's just like a cliche to them. But when we actually spend time and say, I'll pray for you, and then right then, right on the spot, we bow our heads, if they give us permission, bow our heads and pray with them and for them. So many people, they, they, that's different. Well, I was expecting just some rope prayer. I was expecting some memorized prayer, the Lord's Prayer, the Hail Mary, or something of this nature. When you talk to God like he's there and he hears and he cares, it touches people's hearts more than we realize. Many of us are used to prayer. We're used to people praying for us. We kind of take it for granted. Some people have never had, never heard that. They've never heard someone who has a relationship with God intercede on their behalf. And when it happens, it can touch them deeply in their soul. <clears throat> I say this is our secret weapon. Never, never, never underestimate the, the, the impact you can have by introducing someone to God through your prayers, okay? Number four, share your story. We've all got a story. We've all got a lot of stories. I, I, I have a testimony of how I came to Christ way back in 1972. But I've got plenty of stories about how God has shown up in my life God has answered a prayer. God has met a need. God brought me through something when I didn't think I was going to make it. God encouraged me when I was down. God brought a friend into my life. I have tons of stories. I bet you do too. We've just got to stop and remember them. Got to stop and think about them. Got to stop and give God the glory for them. And God is, a, my friends, my brothers and sisters, God's at work in your life. I know he is. God is, we, there's so much that we have no idea of what God's protected us from, what God has delivered us from, where God has shown up in our life. We didn't know. But I assure you, there's a lot you do know. If you stop and think, return and give glory. Remember the 10 lepers? Jesus, there were 10 lepers that wanted to be healed by Jesus. And he said, go show yourself to the priest. And on their way to the priest, they were healed. And one of them came back to give thanks, and the others didn't. I don't know. Maybe they ran to their families. Maybe they went. I mean, that's legit. To run, say, I'm, I'm clean, I'm healed, and hugged their loved ones that they had not been able to touch in, in a long period of time. Um, nothing's wrong with any of that. But only one stopped to say, wait a minute, I need to go thank the man who healed me. And with us, let's not be like the nine who, when Jesus does something awesome in our lives, we failed to notice it was him. We failed to give him thanks and we go do our own thing. Let's not be like that. Let's be like the one who returned to give thanks. Let's recognize when he's at work in our life. Let's give him thanks and then let's tell others. Tell others. Practice it. Learn your story. Figure out the ways God has shown up in your life, be it salvation or anything since. Was there a problem and he brought you through it? Was there a verse that sustained you, encouraged you, lifted you? Was there a way God seemed real to you or personal to you? It's more common than you think. We've just got to stop and recognize the hand of God. And then 
Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Look for ways to tell your story. People love to hear stories. They won't argue with your story. Make it good. They'll listen, and it will impact them. Stories are memorable. Stories have an impact. You've got a story. Make sure you tell it. But that leads into the fifth point. This is a big one. Share the gospel. You know, all the other things we do are building bridges, pre-evangelism, plowing the ground, preparing someone for salvation. But the gospel is when we actually cross the bridge that we built. The gospel is take is the good news. The gospel is what saves a person. Them being grateful that we serve them, that won't save them. Their heart being touched because we prayed to God, that won't save them. Even appreciating our story and being inspired by it, that doesn't save them. The gospel of Jesus Christ is what saves them. And so, my friend, share the gospel. Learn the gospel. Remember the gospel. Christ died for them. So many people have never heard that. They don't realize that. They don't know what it means if they have heard it, that Christ took their sins upon himself. Tell it. Tell the story. Tell the gospel story. If you're able, do it. And this is what will bring people to eternal life. But that leads to a sixth point. Six way you can love a, a non-Christian friend. Let's face it. Some people are a whole lot better at sharing the gospel than others. They're more gifted. They're more practiced. This is really their area of specialty. Every one of us has some things we're really good at and other things we're not as good at. Some people are really good at sharing the gospel. It seems like they're always leading people to Christ. They know how to answer the tough questions. They're comfortable in bringing a person to a decision. They know how to they don't want to go through a nice, smooth presentation of what Christ has done for us, what the gospel is, what the death and resurrection of Christ is all about. Do you know somebody like that? I mean, personally? I mean, I, God's used me like that a lot, but do you know anyone personally in your life, in your own city, in your church, who, who is skilled at presenting the gospel? Well, connect them with your friends. Get them together with your friends. Uh, if, if you're trying to talk to someone and someone poses a question you can't answer, you can always say, boy, that's a good question. I don't think I'm, I can give you a good answer, but I know somebody who can. And arrange for that. Or maybe, maybe just a time, hey, you know what? There's something so meaningful in my life, how Christ has changed me. And I told you my story, but how can be real in your life and life of others? I'm not real good at that, but I've got a friend who is. Would you mind if I set up a lunch or have a cookout this summer or do something where we just kind of get together? And if you got questions, you could ask him or ask her, and, and uh, they could talk to you about this thing that's meant such a difference in my life. You'd be surprised how many people say, okay, I've led people to Christ before because someone brought the, someone arranged a meeting between me and, and someone that they tried to witness to unsuccessfully. And so they got me involved. They, and the three of us sat down together or the three of us did something together. That other person got saved. In, I think this is one of the most underused tactics. We all think we should be able to do it, effectively share the gospel ourselves. And ideally we should be. But some are much better. Some are gifted. Involve them. Get them involved in sharing the gospel with your friend. And finally, utilize Christian media. There's some really good stuff on TV. I'm, I'm, I love The Chosen. 
you've got to get the app and download it. But my goodness, that that is having a big effect on people's lives, uh, in the life of Christ. I there's good Christian music out there. Music can touch the soul in some really important ways. There's good Christian literature. Can I mention my book, Five Crucial Questions, or Five Questions now it's called. And you can find it at Five Crucial Questions, the number five, crucialquestions.com. My friends, the, people have gotten saved for, off this book while I've slept. People have gotten saved in other countries as I've slept. People pass this out. This is multiplying. This is a, this is a good presentation of the gospel, answering the tough questions people have. There's all kinds of people who buy 10 copies. We sell them 10 for $10. And, and you can give them out to 10 friends. You can loan them out. You can give them away. You can give them away at, at, at Christmas time or gift time or any time. You can even tell them. Here's what you can do. You know, I know the guy who wrote this book. I, I meet him on YouTube every day. I know the guy who wrote this book. I like it. I think you would enjoy it. It's an easy read, but it's got a great message. My goodness, do that. If I ever come to your city, uh, get my book and say, hey, I heard this guy speak in my church this week, or I heard this guy speak on campus this week, and I got his book because I thought you would enjoy it and give it to him. And it's short, so I'm, I'm going to check back with you in a week, see what you think about it. And I'll tell you, people come to Christ from reading Christian literature. Again, we don't use it very much. There's very little Christian literature out there anymore. We should use it far more often. Well, those are seven ways you can love your non-Christian friend. Of course, we pray for them, and this we want to do right now as well, okay? But friends, we're praying for revival. We're asking God to save people. We're asking God for our nation. And our nation is not going to be saved by politics or the economy or a new government or, or something like this. All these things would be nice, but... People need the gospel. They need Christ. And it's not always going to be someone else's job. It might be ours. So seven things you can do to help win others to Christ and love your friends into the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, we pray for our friends. Right now, there are people I believe you're bringing to our mind that don't know you. We, we lift them up to you. We ask you to open their minds, their hearts, their eyes, their ears. Give them open eyes that they might see the gospel and the glory of God. Open ears that they might hear. Open minds that they might understand and an open heart that they might believe. We pray, Father, for our non-Christian friends that you'd remove any stumbling block that keeps them from coming to Christ. Remove any heart wounds, issues that are, that are of any pride or love of sin or bitterness, or anything that would stand in the way of their coming to Jesus Christ for your salvation. We pray, Father, for ourselves, for boldness, to build bridges and to cross them. Lord, some of these very practical, simple things we can do that we discussed here on this live stream, help us, Lord, to have lost people on our heart like you did. You died for them, Jesus. You gave the ultimate sacrifice for them. Might we have the courage, boldness, wisdom, grace? Might we make the time, might it be on our heart, to do what we can to advance your gospel and to lead others to the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We love you. 
Jesus, and we want others to love you. We ask that you would love lost people through us. You love them. Love them through us, we pray. Make us channels of your grace, mercy, kindness, and love to our world. Help us to have eyes. Help us to have open eyes and see opportunities to serve, opportunities to... Our spiritual antenna would be up so that we see when you're opening doors. We thank you, Father. We don't have to force or barge into someone's life with the gospel. You are opening doors all around us. You're making opportunities. Help us to be alert to where they are and how to make the most of them. These are prayers we pray to you today. Use us to advance your gospel, we ask, for your glory. And in your name we ask it. Amen and amen. Well, again, I'm, I'm going to be in Omaha today and tomorrow. And so your prayers for our group are appreciated. There's going to be about 70 of us joining together for a time of prayer and seeking God together. It'll be a special time. So thank you. God bless you. If you're new, we certainly welcome you. Make sure you hit the like, notify, leave a comment below. I'd love to know where you're from. I might be watching in with you while I'm in the Detroit airport. Uh, so I might be watching in with you if you're live. So I'll read your comments. God bless you. Love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.